My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 71, Why Don't I Get What I Want, where I'll be answering some of the questions that you have sent in. This podcast episode goes hand-in-hand with episode 70 that came out last week, The Fall of the Good Girl. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I would go ahead and pause this episode, listen to that one, and then meet us right back here on episode 71. Before we jump into the topic today, I do want to just talk about some things at the top of the episode before we get really deep into the conversation that we're going to have today. First, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and head over to the Instagram, my strength and my shield, all one word. The reason why I'm directing you over there is just because I've been having a lot of fun with it lately. I've been doing this Sunday check-in thing. It really started last week when I was coming home from church and just had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about prior to putting out the episode. And so I think I'm going to make a habit of trying to do a Instagram live on Sundays. I'm going to try to do a better job of particularly advertising it. But if you just want to be notified when I go live, you should head over to Instagram, follow the Instagram page, and you'll be notified when I go live. But I will be trying to every so often go live on Sunday and just talk about some of the things that are on my heart. In addition to that, if you have any questions that you'd like to send into the podcast, you can always shoot me an email at strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also shoot me a message on my Tumblr, which is yourbigsisnisi.tumblr.com. And all of that information is listed in the show notes that you can find, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or on iTunes, so you can get all of that information all in one spot. But in addition to just wanting you guys to continue to engage with me, I got such amazing feedback from the last episode. Everything from you speaking honestly about some of those struggles, I can really relate to it, to I've been struggling with things like jealousy and envy, and your podcast really helped with that. So I really do encourage you to go ahead and listen to that past episode. And at the top of this episode, I just wanted to start out that I did send a message out over my Tumblr requesting that people give me their responses. And I try to do that. Um, If you're new here, I do split the podcast into two separate kinds of episodes. First, on um, the first Sunday, I try to put out a spiritual and self-care portion of the podcast. I'll include Bible verses, Bible study, and kind of my commentary as I'm reading through some of the pod, um, sorry, some of the Bible verses that have touched my spirit. And then the next episode, I ask people to send in questions. So on my blog, I did put out the post, have you ever felt like other people were getting what you deserve or felt like you work hard and are frustrated that you don't seem to be getting as far as other people? Shoot me a message and tell me about it. The fascinating thing about hearing everybody's journeys and telling me their stories is that people were very honest and very honest in a way that was really refreshing because I think we don't talk enough about jealousy and envy. We talk about it in a way that makes people feel really guilty and feel ashamed for having those negative emotions, but I was really just floored by the honesty that you guys shared. So we're going to dive into some of your responses in addition to some of the specific messages people sent me. They sent me their questions that they wanted me to answer. And from the top of this episode, I do want to say that I want to start from a place of compassion. I'm not one of those people that feels like if you feel jealous or you have jealousy, you're a bad person. If you have a friend that you're jealous of, I wouldn't even say that makes you a bad friend. I honestly think jealousy and envy can often be a normal reaction to looking around and not necessarily being satisfied with where you are. 
I want to encourage you that if you have those feelings of jealousy and envy and it doesn't go and it goes beyond just a passing thought to take some time to unpack that. If you're constantly finding yourself feeling angry and jealous and bitter when you see other people achieving things or getting the things that you want, I wouldn't say that you're a bad person, but I would say that that is your brain, your mind, your spirit telling you there's something to be addressed here. As Christians, we are not called by the Bible to be happy. I know that's really hard to say. The Bible never says that God wants you to be happy, but we are called to be content. We are called to be satisfied and grateful for what we do have. So in those moments, oftentimes when we're feeling jealous, it's because we're spending a lot of time looking at what other people have and comparing ourselves to those situations. I think those situations are a little bit easier to deal with because the jealousy and the envy, like I said, is just something to check in on. The harder things are when you are truly in a dark and a low place. We are all in the middle of a pandemic. It is currently January 31st. People are not doing well. They've lost their jobs. Their homes and their lives have been uprooted. There are people who are suffering from this pandemic. Um, Just this past week, my mother's aunt passed away in England. There are people, there's real life costs to the lives of individuals because of this pandemic. But then we also have to pile on the fact that if you're an able-bodied cis person, your experience is going to be completely different than someone who is impoverished, somebody who is disabled, someone who is truly struggling. And I think that it would be disingenuous of me to see those challenges that people are facing and for me to just say, hey, just don't be jealous. Work on yourself first because it's tone deaf. I think there's a way to acknowledge that life isn't fair without that meaning that God doesn't exist. Because our version of what is fair is often not going to be what somebody else's version of fair. For us, in order for us to look around and say that life is fair, it often translates to getting everything that you prayed for or getting the things that you want. And to someone else from the outside, if we're talking about jealousy and envy, you getting everything that you want to somebody else will look like that's not fair. So our internal gauge for what is and isn't fair, is and isn't right, what we do when we don't deserve is already off. The Bible tells us that our hearts are deceitful. In addition to that meaning that we typically want things that maybe aren't good for us, it also means that there are times that our minds and our body and our spirits can lie to us about what is truly just and what is truly fair. And it's hard. I think when I say things like life is not fair, it's an acknowledgement that by my internal rubric of what is fair and what is not fair, life is just challenging. I would love a world, a perfect utopia, where everything we asked for, we got, or even better yet, we got the things that we needed without even needing to pray for it. Ultimately, we know that the world is dark and bleak and that there are times when no matter what we pray for and no matter what we want, we still won't get it. And that can feel bleak. I'm talking about these things not because I want you to just accept the world as is. As Christians, we are called to be lights in this dark world. So the first step is to acknowledge that life by our own standards is not fair. Looking around and seeing the suffering and destruction of people, the suffering that people have to go through will always seem like it's not fair. But as Christians, that desire on the inside to make things more fair should call us to action. And for me, even in my darkest moments in my life, I have found meaning and purpose by helping out other people. 
No matter what I'm going through at any one moment in time, I know that I can help somebody else. And that doesn't mean if you're in the lowest of the low, you should ignore what you're going through because someone else has it worse. I promise you that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is the desire to discover what life means and our purpose, that is enough to drive me. That is enough to get me out of bed. Wanting clarity, wanting understanding, wanting to have a firm uh, grasp on everything that's going on in the world is enough of a reason for me to get out of bed every day. I don't need to have everything that I want. I don't need life to be perfect for me to know that there's meaning all around me. I can see the blessings of other people. And, you know, for me, I've said this on past episodes, I'm not one of those people that believes that I deserve anything. You know, I've had people and I worded the question specifically to include, do you feel like others are getting what you deserve? And I worded it that way because there is this way that we do feel entitled to blessings. So when we walk around and we see what other people have and we don't have it, it hits us because it's like, well, I deserve that too. At the end of the day, tomorrow is promised to nobody. What we have is promised to nobody. At the end of the day, everything that I have, I have to humble myself and be grateful for it. I'm not even entitled to the breath out of my lungs. I am not even entitled to open my eyes when I wake up and get out of bed in the morning. I am not entitled to my legs moving. I'm not entitled to my arms swinging. I'm not entitled to roll over and see my husband when I wake up in the morning. Every one of those things that I've just listed is a blessing. So I want to encourage us to get away from this idea that we deserve something because when we first start from a place of we don't deserve anything, so everything that I have is a blessing. And if I have life in my body and breath in my lungs, I am called to use my blessings to help others. That is the train of thought that the Bible encourages us to see. That when we're praying to God, it's not just because God is expected to be a genie. It is supposed to be so that we get closer to him so we can see the ways that he is guiding us to be a light in this dark world. In some of the most low moments of my life where I felt depressed or suffered with anxiety or felt like my self-esteem was at an all-time low, those were often the times where God was pushing me to get out of my own head, to look around and to serve him in the kingdom. And I know that doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound like what we see on Instagram, people traveling, people having these challenges and so they have these perfect bodies or these different challenges where they're, you know, whether it's the silhouette challenge or the different couples challenges and you can look at all these things, these cute and quirky things, these beautiful things and wonder when is it going to be my turn? I want to encourage you to realize that even if it's never your turn, there is still work for you to do. And last thing before I go into prayer and go into the questions that you guys sent in, tonight in my church, they were doing a Zoom singles event. And basically, it was a meeting of all the singles coming together, talking about their experiences with COVID, dealing with things like loneliness, dealing with the struggles of being single. And one of the people who was speaking, um, she's a woman in our church who's 59 years old. And she basically talked about how when she was 28 years old, she found herself distressed. Uh, she had a sister who got married when she was 21, another sister who got married when she was 27, and another one who got uh, married in her early 30s. And she talked about her testimony being at 59 and still single, and talked about the prayer that she prayed when she was 28. And she talked about how she asked God, 
to help her to stop praying for things that were not what he wanted for her. She asked God to help her to stop praying for things that were not for her. She decided at that point in her life to stop praying for what everybody else had and to instead just be grateful for what she did have. And she talked about if she was the kind of person that was frustrated with the things that she didn't have, the husband that she didn't have, the this, that, and the other she didn't have, she wouldn't be as accomplished as she is today because she would have felt like, I can't move on with my life if I don't get exactly what I want. A person might look at a woman who's 59 years old, not married, and has no kids and think that is a woman to be pitied. In our community, she is a woman to be celebrated. She has multiple degrees. She's a psychologist and a couples therapist and or just a therapist in general, but she also, you know, she's a therapist for couples too. And she has such a life and a vibrancy and she's a church mother. She does not have biological children, but she is serving the community and serving children in our church. The reason why I'm bringing this up as an example is because even in the darkest moments of our mind, when we're plagued by jealousy and we're wondering, when is it going to be my turn? There is still work to be done. God wastes no time. So if you've convinced yourself that you're just waiting for your white knight or your perfect job or your perfect opportunity to make you happy, you are missing out on the opportunities to serve the kingdom. Again, I am not saying this as a way to dismiss how you're feeling. Yes, there are people who are struggling in ways that I cannot even imagine. Even the people who shared with me their stories, and I'm going to share them. This, you know, Some of these stories, I'm, I'm sorry to say, this is not going to be the happiest of podcasts, but it will be some of the most real conversations we've had here because it's honestly how people are dealing with the disappointment of not getting the things that they need, the things that they want, or the things that they feel like they deserve. And there's a way where you can feel unsatisfied with how life is. And you look around, and I even recognize that it can be a little bit tone deaf. I'm sitting here. I have a job where I can work from home. And I'm married to someone who is the love of my life. And my family is doing okay, even though we've had some losses and some painful struggles. And I have family members that have lost their jobs and all of those things because of the pandemic. I recognize that I'm speaking from a position of privilege. But I want to just put it out there that I can empathize with feeling like you're not getting what you deserve or you want or you've prayed for because I'm a human being. And I would be remiss if I stood here behind the microphone and just said, all you have to do is just pray about it. Because at the end of the day, there's been times in my life when I've been angry at God, I've yelled at God, I've cursed at God and wondered, are you even here? Are you even listening? What is the point of praying if you're not going to listen to my prayers? If you're not going to give me what I want, what am I doing here? I've had those dark moments. I've suffered with things like suicidal ideations. I've suffered with trauma that still has me at 31 needing to go to therapy from time to time. I know what it's like to struggle. I might not know your specific struggle, but trust me when I say I can empathize because I've been in the lowest of the low. And all I can say is that sometimes what has pulled me out of those moments of wondering, when is it going to be my turn? is looking around and seeing that if I have life in my body and breath in my lungs, God has given me purpose. And it is my job to find out what to do with that purpose. It is my job not to look like everyone else or to get what everybody else has or to be a carbon copy of what other people consider to be successful. 
I know that my job is to use my blessings, my gift, talents, and, and my abilities to bless the kingdom. That is what I'm here for. And that might not mean that I get everything that I want. And that does not mean that I'll always be happy. But at the end of the day, we are not promised happiness. We are promised a peace that surpasses all understanding through trusting God and Jesus Christ with our heart, mind, body, and spirit. Dedicating and devoting ourselves will give us a sense of peace that nobody will be able to understand. Some of the most stable people in my life are Christians that understand when I'm in a dark season, this too shall pass. And one day I want to have a podcast episode talking about mental fortitude because that is something that can help us to endure those dark seasons where we don't feel like when we're in those dark moments, there's no purpose in life and that we should just give up. God has given you purpose. And I promise you the most fulfilling moments of my life have been when I've allowed myself to be unfettered by the expectations that I or society or anybody has of what a perfect life looks like. And I instead tether myself to God and look at the ways that I can serve the kingdom. But I digress. This is supposed to be a question and answer podcast, right? (laughs) I could talk about this stuff all the time, but I really just wanted to start from a place of compassion. I don't want you to listen to my answers to these questions and think I'm just being flippant and think that I'm just trying to say, just pray about it and read a Bible verse and you're going to be okay. I have been in some dark places in my life and but for God, I might have given up. And so the reason why I wanna have these real talk conversations is that if you're in a place where you feel like giving up and you feel like what's the point of seeking God's face, what's the point of being a quote unquote good Christian, what is the point of all of this? All I can say is I know what life looks like without God and I know what life looks like with God. And the difference is literally that peace that surpasses all understanding. Being a Christian does not mean that my life will be easier. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us that my life will automatically be easy because I'm a Christian. Look at the Savior that we serve. Jesus gave his life for the gospel, for his teachings, for his ability to communicate with individuals the meaning of life and the purpose that God has placed on us. And he still lost his life. And because he's our Savior, he was risen again. But I just want to point out the fact that as soon as you start to look around and wonder how come everyone else has what I don't have, it's time to recalibrate what it means to be a Christian. And to me, being a Christian means understanding that this world is a dark place and having a relationship with God and understanding my relationship to Jesus Christ gives me that sense of purpose to help this world be a little bit brighter. Before we get into the questions, I do want to just pause and go forward in prayer If you can, just close your eyes and meet me, meet me here, be present in this moment, and let's just pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for this sacred space. Thank you for this sacred space and this opportunity to have a real conversation, not a conversation that is focused on perfection, not a conversation that's focused on looking the right way or behaving the right way or falling into a certain mold of what it means to be a successful healthy, loving, warm person. So many times we can get distracted by what everybody else is doing and we can feel like our life is inadequate because it does not look like other people. Or better yet, it's not even about comparing ourselves to other people. Sometimes if I'm not looking around, if I'm just looking at my life, it is hard. It is hard. And that is enough of a reason for someone to feel like they're giving up. 
But dear Lord, I pray that we can have a moment where I'm praying over any individual who's listening to this podcast, who is on the edge of giving up, who is feeling like I need to stop. There is no purpose in being a Christian. There's no purpose in trying to fight. There is no purpose in prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that you meet us exactly where we are and that you touch that individual and you remind them that they are th- that you are here. Wrap them in your loving embrace. Hold them, hold them tight and remind them that you are God. That that doesn't mean your life will be perfect, that their life will be perfect, but it will mean that they don't have to go through it alone and that even in the darkness, they can have a testimony that saves somebody's soul. That as Christians, we are called not just to reap the blessings, but to sow those blessings into other people so that they can find your face, dear Lord. Help us to see that the work that we are doing right now is not just about our own salvation. We are saving lives just by walking, just by walking with you, dear Lord. If there's just one person that can see the lives that we live and decide that they need to make a change, that is saving souls. There is work to be done. There are people who are lost and lonely and helpless. Dear Lord, I pray that you touch them. I pray that you hold them. I pray that you remind them that you are God, that you see them, that every tear that falls from their eyes is counted. And that doesn't mean that you want us to be in pain, but that it does mean that regardless of what we're going through, that you are God, a supreme, almighty God that you have the power to heal us, to change us, to transform us. And we need only surrender to your will to get that peace that surpasses all understanding. Not the peace of getting what everyone else has and not even the peace of getting rid of all of our struggles that we're dealing with right now. Just that peace, that knowing that we are yours and that you are ours. Cover us, dear Lord. Encourage us, dear Lord. And as we have this conversation, even though it's informal and I'm answering questions, allow the words that come out of my mouth to touch the individuals who are listening, to provide them with the means to get closer to you, dear Lord, that every time we meet, it's a reminder of our relationship with God, our relationship with you being the most important things about us, not how we look, not what we do, what we achieve, what we hoard, what we gather. Relationship with you is the meaning of life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So let's look into some of the questions that was sent into me. And just as a reminder, the question that I generally put out was, have you ever felt like other people were getting what you deserve or felt like you work hard and are frustrated that you don't seem to be getting as far as everyone else? Shoot me a message and tell me about it. And so underneath that message, I did get a lot of feedback. And then I also had individuals who sent me messages. So first, I'm just going to share some of the comments that people shared with me. And so one person responded, this is honestly the story of my life. It's a very frustrating feeling, but I've learned I have to keep going. Never really been jealous, but I have learned to not be negative or not have negative thoughts or negative people get me down. And so I appreciate this person kind of sharing the honesty of this feels like the story of their life. Looking around and seeing that other people get what they want or and you don't get it, it can feel like. I've always been the person that's, you know, maybe you're a late bloomer or you're a person that had a little bit of a struggle deciding what you wanted to do with your life. And it looks around and, and it seems like everyone else has it so easy. I will first just say that it is a tool of the enemy to have you feeling like you yourself are inadequate because you don't have what other people have. It's a tool of the enemy. It's capitalism. It's this idea that if you just accumulate more things or you gather more things, you will be satisfied. And we follow a God that calls us to give up everything and follow him. 
when Jesus was going to his disciples and he went and he was speaking to the fishermen and he specifically said, lay down your nets and I'll show you how to be fishers of men and not just people that are, you know, for your profession, trying to get some fish to sell. Lay down your life, serve me and I will show you how to save souls. It is hard. You know, I, I would be hard pressed to say that any person is willing to give up their career or their savings just to serve God. The blessing is that some of most of us are not called to do that. Most of us are not called to be, you know, celibate nuns who spend their entire lives serving the kingdom, right? For the most part, we are called in addition to serving our earthly positions. And then through that, we're able to get the means to serve others. So for me, when I have my job or when I have my marriage, those things are blessings, but I have to use those things to help others. That is not just for me. Even being married to my husband, we are set up as a partnership in the fact that we both do ministry together. We literally just had a ministry meeting today and we are on boards together, multiple boards together. I feel like having him as my partner, my accountability, my person that pushes me to pursue a relationship with God, it is so that I can do the work that God has called me to do. But I appreciate the honesty here saying that this feels like the story of my life. You know, wondering, why don't I get what I want? Why do they have what they have? And sometimes we're not going to get those answers. I don't believe that one day I'm going to get a text message from God explaining why I don't have what other people have, what it seems like other people, it's so easy that they have. That unfortunately is just not my testimony. But that doesn't mean that my life doesn't have value, doesn't have worth, and that I won't be successful in different ways. Another comment that someone left was, for a long time, I did, but with my parents' financial support, I hardened my resolve and was able to go for it. I'm many years behind where I hoped I'd be and where everyone thinks I should be, but I'm okay with that and pursuing the education and career I truly want. And that is such a beautiful message, if only because it's I can feel, even just in the short response, this person sharing not only this feeling of feeling like they're behind, it's also that weight of being behind where everyone else thinks they should be. There's a way that what we expect of ourselves is not even from our own internal drive. It's by measuring ourselves by this arbitrary rubric. There's this idea that you know everyone should graduate by this time, and once you graduate, you should have the career that's going to be there for the rest of your life. And it's wild to me, this idea, most people graduate when they're 22, right? And most people retire when they're 65. So you mean to tell me that at 22, we should have been able to make all of the decision that's going to set us up for the next 45 years of our lives, 43 years of our lives. That's insane. The beautiful thing about actually when you, and I would encourage any person that's younger, reach out to the elders in your life. Reach out to the people who are in their 50s and 60s and ask them about the paths that their life took. And you will find out that life can take so many twists and turns and still be beautiful. Even when I look at the example of my husband, he took a different path than I did. He graduated from um, undergrad at a later time than I did. And he started grad school after I had already completed in my last year of law school. But And even with me, I took two years off between undergrad and law school as I was figuring things out. And even though I was only in two years difference between someone who had gone straight through, there was a moment of jealousy where I had of someone who could be so secure after undergrad, either because they had perfect grades or they just knew what they wanted to be for the rest of their life at the age of 22. I needed a little bit more time. 
I needed to wait until I was 23, 24, and I had spent a little bit of time separate from college to understand where I was. And I know what it's like to have those moments of everyone else is going straight through. Everyone else feels like they have it figured out. Why don't I? But the beautiful thing about this response is the perseverance, the idea that of hardening your resolve, of using the resources that are around you and de defining your own path. And that's hard. That takes maturity. That takes, like this person said, resolve. Um, another response, I had a lot of really great responses, and I'm not sure if I should read them just because um, I, I can't tell if people were sending them to, to me personally or if they wanted to add it to the podcast. Um, but one of the people that wrote in to me shared uh, the struggles of being a woman trying to conceive and having experienced a miscarriage and looking around at all the other women and having your own feelings about, um, you know, and so I'm going to read this specific portion. Um, they write, um, more recently, I remember feeling so jealous whenever I see a pregnancy announcement. This is when I was trying to conceive and after I had a miscarriage. I got to the point where I stopped using social media because I didn't want to hear about anyone else getting pregnant. I recall listing in my head all the reasons why I deserve to have a child. I've been dutifully trying. I'm happily married. I really, really want to be a mother. I'm stable, etc. And that was the impetus to me realizing how ridiculous I'd gotten. And I came to understand that somebody's pregnancy wasn't a curse being placed on my womb. I returned to social media, started being genuinely happy for my friends again. And then seven months later, I got pregnant with my son. And even sharing that... Um, you know, is a beautiful thing. Uh, and she goes on to say further. She also includes most recently, I caught myself feeling some type of way when people announced that they've gotten their dream job, uh, a tenure track uh, professorship. I'm graduating with my PhD in a few months. And for everyone that wants to remain in academia, that's the ultimate goal. My jealousy is really fear that I will miss out and not get one of those positions. Because they're rare, because I'm geographically constrained by my husband's job, because I'm a PhD candidate and not a postdoc with more experience, etc. But I try to let that go and stay positive and keep working the hardest I can to get where I want to be, but it's hard. All in all, I'm now of the opinion that if it's meant for me, God will give it to me. And it'll be on his time, which is better than my time. I'm just going to read that again. And all in all, I am now of the opinion that if it's meant for me, God will give it to me and it'll be on his time, which is better than my time. So much, I'm so grateful for this person who wrote in and I'm actually friends with her and I'm not sure if she wants me to share her name on the podcast, even though she did publicly comment on my blog post. Um, but there is so much beauty in hearing the struggles of another person in terms of it being relatable, in terms of it being a testimony of coming on the other side and hearing the ways that when people are struggling, they can still trust God gives me the encouragement to trust God as well. I have shared on this podcast that I'm also in my journey of trying to conceive. And I even, you know, I literally today, literally today had a friend of mine pop up with her second kid and the first, she's pregnant for the second time. And the first thing on my mind was, again, and literally for like the split second, it was that, that jealousy that popped in, that not only does she have one, but she has two, right? And then I have to pause and realize this entitlement that I feel to having a kid. Number one is not healthy because the child that I have is not whatever God blesses me with one, if that is his will. 
that child that I'll have is not something to check off on a list so that I can feel like I'm keeping up with the Joneses. Anytime that I feel jealous, I have to recognize that it's an entitlement, that it's an entitlement to my perfect ideal of what it means to be a person. And I truly relate to what this person wrote in because I have, I'm in the same position when it comes to my career. I have been talking countless times on this podcast about the fact that I am unhappy in my job, even though I'm good at my job and I want to leave. And more recently, God has been putting it on my heart to stop looking. And that's hard. I had interviews lined up. I had my resume good to go. I spent weeks on my resume and looking. I used to just look at my resume and just be like, oh, it's beautiful. If I saw this resume, I'd hire me. And then God told me to sit still, to work on XYZ thing, particularly my stress and, and wanting me to get to a healthier place. And I believe a part of that is preparing me for motherhood, but it also could just be preparing me for life. And it's hard being told no. And it's hard being told to sit still. And it's hard being told to listen to what God has for you. It's hard. And that's the reason why I wanted to read some of these answers is because it is hard. It is not as simple as just saying, pray it away. Stop, be je- stop being jealous. Get over it. What, you know, it's even easy to just, I just think about the ways that I have been judgmental of myself for the emotions that I feel. And I think that it is perfectly human to have a moment of jealousy, but the God in us, the Christian in us should call us to do more. Yes, I might've had that instant moment of jealousy, but in that moment I stopped and then I was like, you're being crazy. Just be happy for this girl. You know, and she got married during the pandemic, which is such a stressful time. The fact that the first child that she had, she had this baby during the pandemic, and now she's pregnant with her second child during the pandemic. It is not just that she has what I want. She has her own challenges. And that's the hard thing. uh, That's the dangerous thing of envying other people's lives is because we often want the blessings without the hardship that comes with it. We want the child, but we don't want the sleepless nights and the the late night trips to the emergency room when you're afraid that something's going on with your child and the developmental delays and and the, the challenges to your relationships and the stress that it puts on your mind, body, and spirit. We don't want those things. We just want the thing. Or even when it comes to the job, and I'm speaking specifically for me, that God has shown me that until I get certain things in order, when I go to the next job, I'm going to have the same challenges I have with this job, with the next one, if I don't work on myself. There's a real way that the image of other people can distort what we want. I'm sure that especially this person who walked in, who wrote in, and she has the most beautiful, adorable son who is so cute in all the pictures that she posts. But if I were to just look at that and be like, I want what she has, then I'm also signing up for her challenges. And I'm dismissing her humanity as a person who's gone through those challenges. It is easy to see a beautiful picture of a beautiful baby boy and to to not realize that to get this baby boy, her rainbow baby, she unfortunately had a miscarriage. We don't think about those things. We don't think about the challenges. Okay, maybe you're looking at someone who got married when they were 22. Okay, that can be a challenge also. You you only have so much time prior to getting married to truly define who you are as a person. So there are some people that get married young and lose themselves. So you're out here envying everyone else getting married and you're not focusing on, okay, but who am I? What are my values? What do I love? What do I care about? 
I just want to say, you know, the purpose of me reading these things and, and trying to be compassionate and sharing the struggles that I've gone through is to be empathetic, to let you know that you can look from the outside looking in at how, you know, how much stability I have or how much love I have in my marriage. And you don't see what it took to get here. You don't see the ways that I had to unpack certain traumas that I went through as a kid just so that I could have a healthy relationship. It's interesting because it looks easy from the outside and people will never know how hard it was. And I'm not saying that the relationship itself was hard. I'm talking about me dealing with my own mental health to get me to a place of stability. People don't think about that. And so I want to encourage you, if you are a person who is very comfortable envying what other people have, it is easy to envy the end result. Sometimes the journey is much harder than you could have even imagined. And even now, I have a friend of mine, it was just her um, last week of work before she goes on maternity leave. And she is so beautiful. She's glowing. One of the most beautiful pregnant women I've ever seen in my entire life. And she is also, you know, preparing for the baby. And another thing that we do as friends is we, we're signing up for a week of food. And she's signing up, you know, so obviously when you bring a baby home, one of the last things you want to think about is what food do I give this thing or give myself as I, as I take care of this thing. And it's because she's so beautiful and because she is so glowing, it is easy to just look at her from the outside. But as her friend, she is extremely isolated because of this pandemic. And she also has a complicated relationship with her mother where old toxic behavior came up. So she actually had to sever her relationship with her mother during the pandemic and also during a time when she is the most needing of a mother. So if she were to just post pictures of her glowing in a field of, of sunflowers because she's pregnant, other people can look and just be like, oh, what a beautiful woman. But I know her and I know her struggles and I know how hard it's been on her mental health. Let me put it this way. As a person who's trying to conceive, I also am in, the, in learning about things like postpartum depression, the things that can happen to a woman's body. And I'm not a person that tries to go down those rabbit holes. I actually have to stop myself from doing too much research because you can really, especially as a black woman and you're thinking about like the, more, um, the, the mortality rate of women um, who are giving birth and how it disproportionately affects black women. And you can go down that rabbit hole. But I also want to make myself informed. I also want to learn about things um, so that I can at least anticipate or have that team around me so that, you know, I've really gotten away from being the kind of person that's like, I don't ask for help. No, 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 no. If you ask, if you a person that's going to call me asking how I'm doing, I'm not going to be a person that says I'm fine when I'm not fine. I am not one of those friends. I am not one of those people. If I'm struggling, I'm going to let people know. Not because I expect them to fix it, but because to be true to myself, I have to be honest. And I never want someone walking around thinking that I have it all figured out. And I say that to say, there are so many people, I have a friend of mine on Instagram, and she literally posts pictures of other people's babies and will say, this baby looked just like me, or I can't wait to have a child that looks like me, or I can't wait to have a child that dresses, that I can dress up. And I think it's low-key creepy, I'm not going to lie, because uh, she even when she was, um, per, you know, she was dating someone, and I think they were dating for maybe 10, 9 or 10 years before she got engaged, and she would make posts on Instagram that says, this is the baby I would have if I was married. Okay, that's a little creepy. But what I'm trying to say, the point that I'm trying to make is that in idolizing having a baby that looks a certain way or idolizing other people's children. All I can think about as I'm preparing to be somebody's mother, God willing, if that's what is in his will for me, 
is how much I need to be prepared and be equipped. I have to know about my mental health. I have to know about my body. I have to know about things like gestational diabetes. I have to know about things like heartburn and the fact that, you know, even after you have a kid, how some women have to wear a diaper for a month or two months. A lot of people want the baby. A lot of people want the dream and they don't know what it's going to cost to get it. That's what I'm trying to say. And the wonderful thing about what this person wrote in all in all, I am now of the opinion that if it's meant for me, God will give it to me. And it'll be on his time, which is better than my time. I want that on a t-shirt. I, I want that on a t-shirt. Um, and you know what? I am going to share her name. It's Danielle. Um, and she's actually someone that we've had on this podcast before. And the reason why I'm comfortable sharing her name is because she did share it to her blog and to my blog. So I know that it's her public testimony. And it is important for you to be able to take a person's experience and not just have it be this abstract ideology of just understanding that God's way is, is the best way. Sometimes you need to hear someone's real life testimony, how they've gotten through the storm and put a name to a struggle. And hearing Danielle's testimony about being a PhD candidate, about being a now mother who has struggled with things like miscarriage. I'm so grateful for her writing in her story. But let's talk a little bit more about some of, you know, because really people did share with me how hard it is to, to keep praying when you feel like you don't get what you want or that you're having real life struggles. So this is what someone wrote into me. I think I need to stop praying for a while because I'm not getting any closer to God. I can see him working in other people's lives, but I am really, but am I really supposed to fail at everything for 30 plus years to improve our relationship? I found out I'm infertile because of cancer treatment a few years ago. And it discouraged me from entertaining men at all because knowing how men treat infertile women has frightened me. I'm honestly exhausted and God knows it. I would like to genuinely recover and not be bitter, but I don't see how constant struggle will make me a better Christian. Peace be with you. This is what I responded to this person and then I'm going to speak to you and it's going to be a different message. What I wrote was, I'm sorry to hear that you're going through it. I'm not sure if there are any words of encouragement I could share because it sounds like you just want to share what's on your heart and be heard. I hear you. I understand why you're exhausted. I have lived a hard life and I will never question why a person turns from God because in my past I have turned from God too. All I can say is I hear you and I'm sorry and I'm here if you ever need to talk. That is what I wrote to this person. Now let me talk to you, my listeners. I, for everything that God has denied you, if it is a desire of your heart, there may be another way to achieve it. If you have unfortunately been given the diagnosis of infertility, but you still want to be a mother, there is adoption, there is foster care, there is reaching out to the children in your community. There are people hurting, there are children lost and alone, they need love too. Now, I'm not going to say that to this person because I cannot imagine having to deal with both cancer treatments and then a result of your cancer treatment being infertility, especially as a person who is trying very hard to conceive. Um, and other people would call me infertile because it's going to take me longer than a year to conceive. But that's not the same as because um, what I would classify myself as maybe subfertility, not infertility because of my PCOS and just meaning that I have to get to a healthy place of balance in my body so that I can conceive. But I'm talking to somebody who has been given the understanding that she cannot conceive. 
But what I am saying is that if there is something that God has for you, there are still ways to achieve that. You may have wanted to have XYZ career and it may not have worked out. That does not mean that there's not another path for you where you can feel fulfilled. 30 is too young to give up on life. 40 is too young to give up on life. 50, 60, 70 is too young to give up on life. There is so much more that we have in each of us. And again, I don't want to come off as cheesy. I promise you that I don't want to just say, you know, just wait it out. It'll work out. In a moment of crisis, it would be terrible of me to just say, pray about it and find a way. But all I can say is one of the things that my mom said to me is this too shall pass. Even in my darkest moments of disappointment, when I get out on the other side and I have clarity, that comes from seeking God's face. I see a way. Because when you're in the middle of a depression or you're in the middle of a diagnosis and you can see no way ahead, sometimes you just have to get on the other side of it. And then doors open up. And I, I wish I could talk to the, you know, I am a person that does believe that when it comes to advice, it's better given from someone that you have a relationship with. And so the, because this person wrote this into me anonymously, I didn't think it was appropriate to just respond with, just keep praying about it and keep going. Because it sounds like this person keeps praying and kept going and then got this diagnosis. It's such a balance because I want to be encouraging, but I don't want to be insensitive. But all I can say as a person who has had struggles, who has had moments where it felt like life doesn't have meaning, I look around and I see the ways that people have made a life for themselves. There, there are women that get the diagnosis of infertility and they find a partner who does not want to have biological kids. Maybe they only want to adopt. I have one of my friends, she was adopted as a child and so she wants to adopt as an adult and her partner wants that too. Yes, the vast majority of terrible men will say, well, if you can't have my own kid, I don't want you. But sometimes all it takes is one, is one person to see you and not doubt you as a woman based off of your ability to carry a child. That is why I believe in things like feminism and not just valuing women based off of the traditional ways that we see womanhood in validating women's experiences outside of the normal constructs of what it means to be a woman, to see that you can still have value even if you're not, you cannot have biological children. So sick that we live in a world where a person has to wonder, do they deserve love? Just because one of, of, because of the diagnosis or something going on with them, my heart aches. And I know that I don't have a simple answer. All I can say is that sometimes when you're on the other side of the darkness, you can see options. When you're in the midst of darkness, it feels like there's no way to go. But then when you're on the other side of it and you realize, okay, well, a solution could be adoption. A solution could be being a foster mother. You know, there's so many ways to be a mother. Even, you know, the example that I gave at the top of the show of a woman who's 59 years old, accomplished, not married, has no kids, but her life is meaningful. Please talk to your elders. Please talk to people who've taken untraditional paths, unconventional paths to their life. See that there's not just one way to be a woman or a man or a parent or a, a, whatever career that you're passionate about. There's no one way to get to that end result. I did not say it to this person because it sounds like they're in crisis, but I just want to say that to you guys who are listening. Another person wrote in, my friends are Asian Muslims and I'm a black Catholic. They're getting to the age where they start looking for suitors for marriage. 
Part of me is happy for them because they sacrificed Western dating to lead up to this moment. I'm also jealous because I'm nowhere near marriage. And then they wrote in that they listened to the, the past podcast, the one that came out last week, and that they found it to be helpful. You know, I think, because so many of you guys that listen are women, and I know that by the analytics, and I know that from the feedback and the questions that I get. And I can only, when I hear about these struggles where people see marriage as something of, of an achievement and you look around and it feels like you're not achieving because you don't have that thing. Let me be very clear. I am married to the love of my life. Being stuck in quarantine for the past 11 months. We have been married for 11 months and we've been in quarantine for 11 months. And I am grateful every single day that I get to have my best friend. We have also had arguments. We have also had struggles. We've also had moments where we had to come to Jesus so that we can get on the same page or living in this house together would not be livable. I feel like when I say these things, people say, you just have to say that. No. I'm being honest with you because I want you to stop measuring what you have and your contentment against what other people have. Jobs require work. Relationships require work. Babies and families require work. If you are following social media accounts that make achieving all of those things look easy, stop. Because it will distort your reality of what it takes to have each one of those things. Let your married friends be married long enough and the veneer of perfection will melt away because eventually perfection will be erased. It is only a matter of time before you realize just how much people are struggling. And I don't mean that to say struggle means that marriage isn't worth it or having a family isn't worth it. I am just encouraging you to seek out realistic expectations of what life looks like. If following influencers makes you feel bad about yourself, stop. If certain TikToks and certain challenges make you feel bad about yourself, stop watching them. I hope that in this quarantine, you are finding yourself. And I am praying that you're not being distracted by what everyone else has, that you're missing out on opportunities to work on yourself. I have done more Bible study. I have done more journaling. I have done more reflecting. And I've also shared more tears in the past 11 months in quarantine than in the rest of my days. And it is because I have taken the time to be introspective and be alone with God. If you are listening to this podcast, I, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that you're a person looking for answers for why you don't get what you want. You don't get what you want because sometimes life is not fair, but just because you don't get what you want doesn't mean that life has no meaning. And just because God doesn't give you what you want does not mean that God isn't real. Please please do not walk away from this podcast episode and go about business as usual. Make some changes so that your version of reality has shifted. Sometimes life is hard and that is okay. You are not the only person going through hard times. Let the example of these individuals writing into you see that life is not hard. I mean, that not make you believe that life isn't hard for other people too. Infertility, illness, Depression, anxiety, darkness plagues this world. You 
have the opportunity every single day to find the light in this world. And if not for yourself, then for somebody else. Please get out of your own head. Get out of your own thought spiral that has you convinced that everyone else has it so easy and you don't. Listen to what I'm talking about when you hear people struggling with cancer and infertility and miscarriage and disappointment and jealousy and fear. It is real. These are honest. But the best part of some of these testimonies is how they get on the other side of it. And even the individual who wrote into me feeling like they wanted to stop praying, I would be curious what life looks like in a, in a year when they look back at this low moment and they've come out on the other side of it and see where their relationship with God is then. I'd be curious. As a Christian, I never am going to be a person that wonders why a person doesn't believe in God because for every reason I do believe in God, another person could have 10 reasons not to believe. I believe that being a genuine Christian, sharing my testimony and my struggles is a better way to bring people to God than being fake and just giving them prayers in a Bible verse. But being a Christian also means trusting God to work in other people's lives. That when a person's coming to me in crisis saying that they want to stop praying, better than me saying, just keep praying and not showing empathy is praying for them and praying on behalf of them and understanding that God is still moving in their lives even when they don't believe in him. God was still working on me even when I didn't believe in him. God is working and moving whether we choose to believe in him or not. So I just want to take some time and I'm going to close out this podcast episode again with prayer. So please, I know that, you know, we're getting a little bit late into the episode, but I definitely just want to pray. I want to pray over you that's listening. I want to pray over every person who has wondered why they don't get what they think that they deserve or why they don't get the thing that they've been praying for. Dear Lord, come into our hearts. We are coming to you humbly, exhausted, tired, frustrated, wondering when is it going to be our turn. And we recognize that to have these feelings is to be human. There is not a single person on this earth that hasn't had a moment of doubt, doubting themselves and doubting you because they wonder, when is it going to be my turn? And dear Lord, I pray that you give people a sense of peace because for some of us, it will never be our turn. That even in a moment where I'm preparing for a career shift and trying to have a child, if it is not in your will, help me to be satisfied with that. Help us to find a moment of contentment, even in the darkness. Help us to change the way that we pray. Help us to have moments where we can say, you know what, tonight I'm not going to pray for the things that I want. Instead, I'm going to pray that God give me a change of heart. Like the uh, church member that I spoke about at the top of the episode, help us to stop praying for things that you do not want for us. Help us to stop praying out of fear or envy or jealousy. Help us to stop coming to you, wanting what other people have, before we've checked with you to see, is this what you want for me? Some of us are praying for children and we have not dealt with the trauma of our childhood. Some of us are praying for marriages and we have never had a healthy relationship. Some of us are praying for the perfect career and we do not know how to be disciplined in our time and our efforts and we don't manage our money well. And even still, dear Lord, we may be people who have dealt with our trauma and have helped with, dealt with our bad relationships and have dealt with our bad habits and we seem to be doing everything right and we still don't get what we want. And in those moments where we feel like we've done everything right and we still don't get what we deserve, show us that we don't deserve anything, that everything we get is a blessing. 
And for that, we must be thankful. Allow us to take a deep breath, even in this moment, and realize we have to be thankful for that breath, for the opportunity to come in, together in this podcast and to come in search of your face. And uh, we humbly bow ourselves, seeking a relationship with you above all else, dear Lord. Help us to stop the comparison. Help us to stop being jealous in a way that is detrimental to our peace, dear Lord. Help us to pursue being content with what you've given us because we have to stop and realize that you have given us much. For the woman that does not have a child, show her the different ways to be a mother. For the person that does not have a relationship, show them that they can have relationships with their friends and their family. Show them where they are lacking in a building on those relationships because they're so consumed with getting a romantic relationship. For those of us struggling to find the perfect career, show us where we are lacking in the careers we currently have so that we can build up our discipline for the next step. Wherever we are today, there will be a tomorrow. The sun will rise tomorrow and again and again and again. And while right now all we can see are closed doors, help us to trust that in our future you will open doors and we will experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. Help our disbelief, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Please be sure to leave a rating and a comment on iTunes. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram. I'll be posting more, engaging with all of you, having more real talk conversations. So until the next episode, take care of yourself. Love.